All right, so our guest today is truly a dynamic figure. Richard Brooke went from chicken chopper to CEO, according to Success Magazine, in its 1992 cover story, an issue that outsold every issue in the 100-year history of the magazine. He was only 36 years old when Success featured his journey from earning $3.05 an hour, cutting chicken far, uh, chickens for foster farms to create millions for his sales training and performance coaching. So we dive into some really incredible topics today, talking about everything from just controlling your mind, auditing your day, understanding your goals, understanding the course to get there, how to set yourself up and find where you want to live today and not wait until you supposedly believe you've accomplished your success. It's really going to be a great interview. Make sure you get out a pen and paper. There's a ton to dive in here and take notes about. All right, enjoy. Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kimi Yarusi. And I'm Jason Yarusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. All right, so welcome back. We have Richard Brooke on the show today. How are you? Jason, I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. And of course, very jealous to see you in Hawaii, me in Tennessee, but I've actually just moved here from New Jersey. So the weather has improved. And now we're just going to keep improving slightly as we talked about looking at buying a farm in Hawaii this year. So excited to have you on board. And I'd love to just touch on this one quote that I am a classic case of failing forward. When, when you hear me say that, of course, you said that, what comes to your mind? What's the first thing that you think of? Well, I know that's a cliche, fail forward. But as I look back at my business career, I have racked up way, way more failures than I have successes. And, and I can't even say that the successes, you know, have outweighed the failures. Okay, maybe you had more failures, but you must have had some giant successes that I would know I've had some epic catastrophic failures and you know part of what I've learned in mindset and mastering mindset is that you just bounce you know it's you know probably the best uh, example is I remember I used to take some judo classes and the first thing they taught me in judo was how to fall you know when when somebody throws you how do you land on the mat? And in judo, you you land on the mat in a particular way that has you bounce. Right? You actually, you know, you may land, but bam, you're right, you're back in that stable position. And that's I just learned that from a mindset standpoint. That probably the first place I ever heard it was Napoleon Hill. With every adversity comes the seed of equal or greater benefit, and I believe that. And so I operate on it when I have a failure, even a catastrophic one, I look for the bounce hmm. and it hasn't, the bounce always hasn't produced a greater success, but it has produced success. So I'm, I'm in business now 45 years and I'm still growing. I'm, I'm far better off today than I was 45 years ago. And you know, the last two or three years were better than the two or three years before that. And so it's all good. Yeah, I love that. And so when you think of that bounce, 
over the course of these failures that you've, you've bounced back from? Is there, is there something that constantly comes up in your mind each time you're faced with a challenge, which is the first thing you focus on looking for that bounce? No, not when I'm faced with a challenge. If I'm faced with a challenge, I'm I'm looking for, you know, what's those, and I kind of revert to the, I think it's the Marines or the Navy SEALs, adapt, improvise, overcome. So in the face of a challenge, I'm looking at, okay, what what's the strategy? What's, how are we going to get through this, under it, over it, around it? How are we going to disguise ourselves? How are we going to make ourselves invisible? (laughs) How are we going to overcome it? Right? How are we going to get through it? And so, you know, with that attitude, you move through most challenges, but, you know, especially if you're in in business, where other people are involved, you know, for example, maybe you want to buy a piece of real estate, right? And you, you know, you covet that piece of real estate, you've run all the numbers, it's the right one for your capital and your your niche and your goals. And, but you can't control who else wants that real estate and you can't control their numbers and, and you know, their um, sort of their matrix for how they're going to buy a piece of real estate and they may buy it out from under you. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do about that? You got to bounce, right? You got to, you got to, you know, I don't know how many times this has probably happened to you. I'm not, real estate's not my forte, but how many times have you lost a piece of property only to discover that that was a greater benefit because you found a better one? It's absolutely true, right? And so I think if it goes two ways in life, right? So if you assume that failure is set upon you and that's all you're looking for, that's going to continue to balance and build on top of it. Right. But if you, if you're saying, okay, the failure comes, but, but that's just part of life. And that's part of my, my learning and exposure. Usually the, the great thing pops up because of the failure, because you're still looking for the good thing. And so when you think about your, your last 45 years, what they've taught you today, how are you using that effect to build yourself for the next 45 years? Yeah, well, I just keep learning, um, and I, I'm not near as hard on myself as I used to be. Hmm. Um, you know, I realize it's a big world out there, and there are a lot of forces that are in motion: political, economic, climate, other people's goals and ambition, and their moves. Um, and I'm not going to win all the time, and. So probably the last 10 or 15 years where I've moved around ambition and success is to be clearly in love with what I do and not nearly so in love with what I accomplish. Because when you're goal oriented, you want to, you know, create a certain level of assets or you want to buy certain real estate or you want to earn a certain amount of income, you're up against the whole world. It's not that the world's out to get you at all. It's that they got their own agenda, right? Everybody else is doing their own thing. And, you know, whether it's a political agenda, an economic agenda, or, you know, Hmm. okay, so what control do you and I have over what the Fed's doing? I don't have any control over what they're doing. I, I don't have any idea what they're doing. How about the stock market? Clueless. Yeah. Right. Uh, Tesla. Huh? 
right? Maybe the second most valuable company on the planet and they don't sell any more cars than Fiat or somebody, right? How does that work? Sounds like a Ponzi scheme to me. I, I mean, you know what? All I can do now to be successful is what I call, you know, falling in love with the process. So I love what I do and I do it every day. And uh, I don't, I don't achieve every goal I set out to achieve. But when I look back on the last year or the last two years or the last three years, I really enjoyed what I was doing. I got better at it. I made more relationships. I had more impact. I gained ground. Sometimes I make more money. Sometimes I make less. Um, that's okay. I'm in love with the process. And, you know, Napoleon Hill also defines success that way. It's, it's, um, you know, uh, the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So some goal that you and I have that, you know, he defined it as worthy, I guess that's subjective as whether or not it's worthy, but the progressive realization, what does that mean? It just means that, hey, if you and I can define success as we're making progress, and, and I don't mean progress every month or necessarily every year, but if you can just look back on your life and say, I'm making progress. You know, I'm, I'm smarter, I'm more experienced, I'm wiser, I'm more resilient, I'm, I have more empathy, I listen better, I'm more skilled. Um, and you can define success that way, then uh, life becomes more in the flow. And I think we have more fun and I think we have more success. We make more money and, and we don't burn ourselves out and we don't crash relationships and all that kind of stuff's important. That's fantastic. I, I, I see social media as such a driver where, where people just focus on the goals today, right? They, they see the mansion or the fantastic car or whatever is that goal. And they assume that the goal creates creates the emotion that you're looking for, right? And so they get lost on, they don't achieve it because there's not embedded into why they want it and really the process, right? Because, okay, say you do achieve this, let's call it a mansion, right? Is that going to be the end? Is that the stop of, of Jason that I got there and now I'm happy and I'm, I'm, I have everything I want? No, it's it's just part of the process. And and when you can identify that the goal is, is there, but, but you're gonna spend all the time on the process, it makes it more real and more more achievable, but also that begins to be your life instead of focus on this goal that most days you're not achieving, right? Most days you're you're not getting there. And so, when you talk about your process, what are some things that you instill in, into your daily habits or actions that you're doing today to to really continue to build that process and continue it to move forward? Well, I can I continue to audit how far off of true north I get, which can happen quickly, into doing things that I don't enjoy doing, mm -hmm. that I'm doing because I have to, which that put the have to in quotations. So then you got to ask, well, you know, what do you mean have to? Who has to? Who says you have to? Why do you have to? And so what I find happens to all of us is, and this just happens to me, is I tend to get off course, off course of true north. And what I mean by true north is, who am I? What is authentically important to me? What do I want to be doing with my life? What brings me joy? What's fun? Um, what am I good at? 
what is in alignment with my long-term goals, all of that stuff. And then what happens in the daily grind of life is, you know, somebody messages you and say, hey, can you do this? Hey, would you write this? Hey, would you coach this? Would you teach this class? Would you do this interview? Would you, right? And so you, what happens is you can look at, in hindsight, you're, wow, I'm way over here doing stuff that's not even in alignment with my mission for the next couple of years. The most important thing to me, like, you know, one of my favorite books is The One Thing, uh, Gary Keller. Uh, you know, what's the one thing? What's the one thing? What, what is the goal for the next, you know, you, you do a ton of stuff in real estate. So if the goal in real estate is to buy the next property the, on a certain criteria, what's the one thing you need to do every day that if you did it every day is gives you a pretty good chance of ending up with the right property. What's the one thing you have to do every day? And I, I'm just guessing that it's research, right? It's looking at, it's looking for those properties and degeneration. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. So you get off track of that and you start doing other things. And, you know, it's kind of like flying a plane. I'm a pilot, so I like those analogies. But, you know, the way a plane flies on GPS is it doesn't fly in a straight line. It looks like a straight line. But a, a GPS has stop limits on either side. So a plane actually flies like this to its target. So it gets off, you know, to the left or even up and down, so it's four axes, gets off to the left, gets off to the right, gets off too high, gets off too low, and what the GPS does is correct it. And how far those stop limits are set will determine how far you get off track before you get back on track. True north being, what did you dial into the GPS about where you wanna go? So when you fly from Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles or, you know, Knoxville to Atlanta, that plane is almost always off course one way or the other, but the GPS autocorrects and we need to do that. Or we spend, we'll end up spending most of our time off track. And when we get off track, we get frustrated, we get irritated, we're not productive, we're not even necessarily on task for what we want to produce. And, you know, when it comes to goal setting, which I'm all for goal setting, but what I found is a hundred times more important than goal setting that to match with this goal that you set is what are you going to do every day to get there? And how are you going to enjoy that process? Because if you're, if you, like you said, if you're set up to define success as achieving goals and you want the mansion, and let's say the mansion is a, you know, a four-year project. Well, you are a failure for about 1,700 days and you're only a success the day you take possession of the mansion. And then how long does that success last? I don't know about mansions, but I know about boats and planes. So if you have a goal to own a boat, you know, your dream is a 30 foot boat. I just bought a 30 foot boat. I've had lots of boats. 
it was, you know, online. I bought it online, sight unseen. You know, I looked for it for months and bought the awesome, great boat. Had it shipped here to Hawaii. Put it in the slip. A month later, the guy next to me in, in the slip, who used to have a smaller kind of junky boat, he pulls up in a 35-footer. I got two engines. He's got four engines. All of a sudden, my brand new boat sucks. Right. <laughs> Same thing with airplanes. You know, you buy a single engine airplane, you park it next to a twin, you suck. You buy a twin, park it next to a turboprop, suck. Buy a turboprop, park it next to a jet, suck. Buy a jet, park it next to a bigger jet, suck. <laughs> You're cooked. It's, you know, it's, it's a setup. <laughs> How do you keep your mind straight when just in that analogy? Because that's fantastic. And, and I don't want to gloss over the audit. That is something that I continually need to get better at, right? Because it's one thing to know your goal and know the steps to take, but it's another thing to identify daily. How many of those steps are, you know, are going east, west, south when you want to go north, right? And, and the more you can continue to understand that, the quicker you'll you'll get yourself and accelerate forward, right? And so, you know, having those stop losses that that's incredible. And when you think about, of course, you know your your goals and your one thing, would you mind sharing what's the one thing you're focused on today for the next few years? Uh, one thing I'm focused on today, well, for the next two years, is honing my content so one of the thing one of the places that i get off track is i'm very creative i have a lot of experience i i kind of i have a lot of hobbies like i can't keep up with my recreational hobbies you know everything from flying to scuba diving to golf to pickleball to paddle boarding i can't keep up with all of them and then i kind of end up being the same way in business so when it comes to content creation um, you know, oh, I want to do a leadership course and I, you know, I want to do a financial course and I want to do all these courses. And yet in order to accomplish my goals, I really need to do one course really, really well. And that's probably the hardest thing for me to do because I get bored a little bit with the one course. Um, and, and the boredom comes from, I know the content. I'm kind of tired of hearing myself talk about the content. And the constant readjustment that I need to work on is, it's not my satisfaction with the content that matters, it's the clients. And that'd be, you know, if I got bored with how exhilarated my clients were with my content, then I probably would have knocked it out of the park, mm. um, right? Because that's a much higher goal. You know, you got a thousand clients and they all give you five stars and they all refer other people to you. That's, that's a bar that's a thousand times higher than me being satisfied with the content. And so I tend to, you know, create new projects and drive my team crazy. Hey, what do you think about doing this? <laughs> what do you think about doing that? And they say, Oh, that's great. Yeah, sure. Sure. Boss, we can do that. <laughs> that I, that's the importance of having the team, right? To, to keep you on track. And I, yeah. I can see that in so many ways that we all feel that 
it's easy because we know it now, right? But we forget about the the two, the five, the ten, the twenty years ago when we didn't know it, right? And, and that that learning curve that you had to go over, where now you say that to someone today and you think it's it's potentially obvious or or whatever's the case. And it's eye-opening for them because they 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 haven't heard you put it that way. And when, and when you set forward on that narrative, it it just it helps them to bridge the gap. And it, it, it's it's so enlightening to see that when when you know people hear from you and they they hear your words, then they can just connect the dots because you've now cut off you know that learning curve where where now they've had they can eliminate that next year or two years or three years, right? And when when their yeah, mind yeah. is right. Now. I, I, the analogy I think of, Jason, in real estate, because I know you have a big real estate audience, is yeah, I think if I was a real estate investor, I would tend to want to buy anything and everything that fascinated me and interested me, no matter if it was residential, commercial, warehousing, office space. Um, wouldn't matter if it was in my hometown or a thousand miles away, right? And my sense is that if you want to be successful in real estate, pick a market, pick a niche and master it. And my, my sense is, I don't know, but my sense is that would be better where you could actually get in your car and go see the real estate than a thousand miles away. It's a fantastic example. And so for everyone listening, that that is exactly what you need to do. And for our clients, it's, it's one of those conversations where every place always seems better than the last, but right. you can't find deals is because you're looking everywhere. And so it could be anywhere. And what's a big thing that helps is that if you're very specific, right? And it's like, and just that you get back to like the particular activator, I want to buy a car, right? So I want to buy this blue Chevy Tahoe. Well, what happens? There's, there's not more on the road, but now that car is everywhere. Well, it's the same thing. If I want to buy a 75 to 150 unit property in the South side of Louisville, well, now they're just happens to be that they, they start showing up. And now I can tell that to everybody in my network, right? So instead of me saying, I want to buy real estate across the US and everybody's like, well, I don't know how to help you. I'll just send you a bunch of stuff. And now you're, right. you're lost or you start telling all your brokers or your friends this, well, it's just like magic, they just start showing up, right? And so yeah. how would you equate that example to, to just big picture goals in your life? And when you, when you really size them in, what comes to mind? Yeah, well, um, you know, like you said, like your particular business, yours is lead generation and, you know, mine's lead generation too. And there's a lot of different ways to get leads. And, you know, I, I tend to, what I, what I have to audit and stay on track about is what's the best way to get leads. And, you know, I have a lot of people coming to me and saying, you know, Hey, over here, get leads, you know, get leads on Twitter, get leads on LinkedIn, get leads on Facebook, all these different crazy ways to get leads. And, you know, I think the, the important thing is keep auditing and keep asking, okay, Let's look in hindsight at what have been the best way to get leads historically and maybe focus on one of those. Find the vein of gold and mine it as opposed to dig, in, you know, dig a deep hole where you have found gold before as opposed to digging a hundred shallow holes, maybe you know, looking for the Klondike. Mine something that's worked before until you've exhausted it and you know that's that's focus that's staying in our lane that's finding your niche and 
I, I know for me personally, that's the biggest challenge I have is saying no. You know, there's a great cliche. I can't remember exactly how it is, but success is measured in your in how often you say no. And if you think about that, you know, what does that mean? Well, it means, you know, your success is going to be dependent on how often and how many people you say no to. And what are you saying no to? Things that are important to them that you might be interested or fascinated with or want to accommodate them, but they send you off course. And if you want to get from point A to point B the most efficiently, the fastest, with the least amount of fuel spent and wasted time, you got to say no to a lot of things. Yeah. And I think that's tough for a lot of us. Yeah, what comes to mind is that you can do anything, but you can't do everything, right? And right. so you, you, we get so stuck, and especially today, I mean, there's things coming left, right, upside down, you know, there's voice, there's, uh, you know, video, there's right. pictures, it, it, each, each moment can detract you from, from your goal. And for that, when you've now looked back on your, your accomplishments, and, and so someone's listening today and saying, okay, I want to move to Hawaii. Maybe, maybe I, well, we're, we're getting far, but say, I say for that point, we're there. What, what would be that first actual step you would take today to create that next multi-million dollar business number four while living in Hawaii? Well, I'll reframe that a little bit. Yeah. Um, might be valuable. I, I think, you know, the way people set life up and one of the places they set life up is, when I am successful enough, I will go find my bliss, mm. unintended. I'll find my nirvana. I'll go to, I'll move to Costa Rica or I'll buy that vacation home in the Keys or I'll, you know, I'll move to Hawaii when I am successful enough. And yet, if you came to Hawaii or went to any of those places, you would find millions of people, maybe a million and a half in Hawaii, who are already living here. And it's not like they're all, they've all made it, right? So I think my wife and I are a good example of, we moved here six years ago. All of our neighbors on our street, <clears throat> they're very wealthy, retired people. So they bought their home here after they made it. And, you know, could Kimmy and I have retired six years ago? Yeah, we could have, but why retire from what? We love what our what we're doing. Um, could we afford to live here? Right, we're you know we're on we're on the largest private island in the world, the island of Lanai in Hawaii. It's owned by Larry Ellison. He lives right behind us. Um, he is the founder of Oracle and worth eighty five billion dollars and his best friend is Elon Musk. So we're in a pretty heady place that we're over our skis living here on Lanai, maybe is a good way to say it, right? All of our neighbors way outweigh us. So how did we get here and what are we doing here? <laughs> well, maybe reframe success. If there's a place you want to live in you know, the beautiful final resting place. How about go there now and figure it out? And that's what my wife and I did. We just figured it out and it was not easy. <laughs> the hardest thing was buying the real estate here that was way over our skis. 
That was not easy. That took some work. That took some finagling. Uh, it took that took vision. It took persistence. It took patience. It took uh, you know dogmatic uh, dogmatic determination, and it worked. Paid off. We got a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood, and can we stop working? Well, we could, but you know, then we couldn't order anything we wanted on Amazon and go wherever in the world we wanted. So, I, you know, I don't want to. I'm not talking about like going to your beautiful place and then scrimping for the rest of your life. I'm talking about going there now and then figure it out. So, you know, you got a lot of real estate people, right? And so, okay, you're going to build up enough wealth and then move to Hawaii or Costa Rica or the Keys. How about just move there now and figure it out? Yeah. And, and if you're there, what's the next business? What's the next business? Just be listening, looking and listening. I'm just a huge advocate of being curious about other people, what they do for a living, mm-hmm. how they made their wealth. I'm really curious about real estate. How does it work? What's the cash flows on all these all these different things? Like who buys real estate? Why do they buy real estate? How does it work out for them? If you, if you put your ear to the ground, if you network really well and you listen, you'll find the business. I love it. And, and you'll find the business because there's way, way, way more opportunity then there are people ready to execute on the opportunity. We are awash in opportunity, but the people that catch those waves, not very many. Most people are not paying attention. Most people are grinding in some job or process they don't like. Um, They're looking at the ground instead of looking at the horizon. That's what I'd say. You want to find the next big thing? Network like crazy. Yeah. And listen. That's you'll fantastic. find it. It's uh the the one thing is that, you know, it's people say like, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? And I, I don't like that question because because I could tell myself whatever I want, I wouldn't have been ready for it. Right. And so I look at that yeah. today and I say, you know, and that's why sometimes you, you could say someone to something, someone for months, years, whatever you want to do, but until they're ready to hear it, they may have someone at the grocery store say it. And then all of a sudden now it dawns on them that that's the moment. Right. And so it's been fantastic. You know, we just moved from New Jersey, as I said, to South of Nashville. And that was just a, we were going to talk about doing it later and we just did it. Right. And now it's been fantastic. And that, that actually put us to put it on our vision board this year for a farm in either the big Island or on Maui. And so we will make that happen. I don't quite know how it's going to shape out, but it's just, that's, it's, it's what we're going to do. Right. And that's just the best advice I heard. And just, leveling up into a bigger room, right? And just getting yourself a networking, it just allows your mind to be to be continually ready, right? Continually ready for new things because if if you're not listening, you're not learning. And this is just a prime example of this. I've, I wrote down a ton of notes. I've wrote, I've wrote down audit three times, right? Because you can see that I, that is something that, that is definitely going in into our next team meeting here is that this has to be something I need to hold myself responsible for. But if you just, just look, if you just look at your calendar, Jason, just you, do you operate by a calendar mostly? I do. Yes. Yeah. So just look at your calendar for the last ninety days, and every time you see that you have done something that's off target, 
you know, put highlight it. Yeah. And then you look at the last 90 days and you look at how many yellow marks you have on your calendar and you go, wow, mm. I'd like to have that time back. And I think that's, that's the way I audit. I don't highlight it, but I just look at it. And so, wow, this is, and once you kind of get in the habit, it doesn't mean that you in the moment will catch yourself and say, no, I'm not going to do that. But what I find is I still do things that take me off target, but the moment I do them, I realize this is not what I need to spend my time doing. And, you know, I do podcasts. I, I accept interviews and I interview people and I do all that. I love doing it. I love interviewing people. I love sharing my story with people. And that that's an on task activity. That's not off track at all because I believe that our net worth equals our network. And, you know, I have a friend that really focuses on networking and how to maintain your network. And he was interviewing me one day for his thing that he does. And I, I told him, I said, you know, Tom, if I would have kept track of everybody I've ever not just met, but engaged with at an event somewhere, traveling somewhere, business, golf course, online. If I'd have kept track of everybody I've ever connected with, had a connection, we, we had a conversation about something, spent some time with them, each other on something. If I'd have kept track of all of those connections and stayed in touch with them, even if the only way I stayed in touch was every year, send them one of those. Here's what I found. Well, here's what our family did in 2020 newsletters, you know, like yeah. the Christmas card thing. I'd be a multi-billionaire. I love that. It is. And, you know, I let 99% of them slip through my fingers because I did not keep track of who they were, what we talked about, what they did for a living, I didn't service them, contribute to them. I didn't give back to them. I didn't stay in touch with them. And for your audience, that might be also a big tip. Uh, don't take your network for granted. Don't take the people that you just met and connected with for granted. Stay in touch with them for the rest of your life and phenomenal things will happen from that maybe business maybe personal but i think people are the wealth yeah it's just a great point to, to leave with there is that you know you you what you talked about right so you get friends out of it or friendships that are made and then people evolve right so what they're doing today may not be what they're doing in two or five or seven years and if we yeah forget to continue that connection, especially now where, where, um, it, of course it's hard to meet people in person, but you know, we're talking a couple thousand miles away, which is fantastic. Yeah. Right. And so to yeah. do that. So Richard, this has been incredible. Thank you for your time, for everyone that wants to find you, find your books, find more about you, where would be the best place for them to go? Simplest place to find me is my website, which I guess is old school and old fashioned, but I don't know. It's always the easiest way for me to find people. And it's richardbrook.com, B-R-O-O-K-E. And on social media, I'm Richard Bliss Brook, which really is my middle name. 
and I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and whatever else. I don't know. <laughs> we will find you for sure. So Richard, thank you so much for this wealth of information. We really appreciate your time. You're welcome, Jason. Pleasure, an honor. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, you got dialed in actionable steps today. Go back and listen to these. Take the notes. See the notes I have here. Dial in and take action, right? Your goals are about your path, your progress moving forward. And it's all just understanding to audit yourself through your daily habits, through your practices to make sure it's aligning with your mission. So everyone listening, thank you so much. We'll talk to you shortly. Want to learn exactly how we're finding high profit, cash flow ready multifamily properties off market? Want to find out how to run lightning fast syndications to raise all the capital you need for your next multi-million dollar deal in just a few days? We're breaking down our entire process step-by-step -step at a three-day event happening June 10th through the 12th called you guessed it, multifamily live. We've done events before, but nothing this massive or this valuable. And for the first time ever, we're going to open the doors and walk you guys through literally every step of what we're doing on our multifamily deals. This is a virtual event, so you don't have to travel or even leave your couch, but spots are limited. Sign up at multifamilyliveevent.com and we'll see you there.